to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 281 of The Daves I Know. Uh, we have the full crew back today. Uh, MJ, how are you doing, bud? You know, I had a headache most of the day, but I took a little nap and I feel a lot better. I also decided to eat some food and, and that also makes me feel a lot better. Yay dopamine. Hungry, angry, yeah. lonely, tired. <laughs> yeah, you put a lot of, you put a shit ton of notes in the uh, document for once. So that's, uh could tell you were rested up. <laughs> Yeah, well, it also, I was trying to think ahead, like, be responsible and think ahead, but yeah, that was a whole lot with me. Always appreciate it. And Jess is back. Jess, how are you doing? I am much better than I was at this time last week, and that deserves a cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'm drinking THC seltzer, so. Um, cool. Well, welcome back. Yeah, go ahead. They have uh, one at the Black Heart that um, tastes very much like flour, and it's uh, crazy, crazy. Wait a minute, like, like a, a blooming, like, pretty yep. springtime flour, or like the stuff like that I'm Like a marijuana flour. Oh, yes. like, oh. Like bong water. It tastes like bong water, but okay. it's delicious. I like that one, too. I love it's, that uh, one. It's very it's, earthy. Yeah, it's called Chill State, so... Have you ever at the black heart? You know you can get those to go too, by the way, right? Oh, um, yeah. So if you're ever in need of a THC seltzer, I heard there's a uh, another there's a new shop up on Selby and Snelling, uh, near the uh, not the no, it's not the B below or what's it? What the hell is that shop? Gift little gift shop thing. I always blank on the name. Anyways, across the street from the uh, Whole Foods there, so um, they sell mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. So haven't got over there yet, but I've heard good things. So. All right, enough about weed water. Let's talk about uh <laughs> I I had a couple on on Saturday night because it was a, a very boring game. We'll get to that game in a in a second though. We have two games to talk about here in Minnesota. Um go ahead, MJ. We want to move from bong water to bongo kukle. <laughs> See, that would have been a good that would have been a good segue. So um yeah, from from bong bong water to bongi. So what? Uh, would, no, would nothing it, it was a good segue. what yeah yeah uh, all right speaking of uh bankule hongwani uh he scores the only goal for minnesota united in both these matches actually as a matter of fact um we'll start with the, uh, we'll start with the game on wednesday against uh houston um this was at allianz field a regular season mls game um you remember we'll talk about this in a, in a little bit we're playing houston again uh, literally today, we've listened to this podcast. Um, uh, but Minnesota beats Houston one to nothing. Uh, the only goal of the game comes in the 14th minute, a really bad giveaway from Houston. Uh, and the ball gets to Bongi, um, who right foot's right foot toe pokes the ball past Steve Clark, who honestly stood on his head this entire goddamn game. He had a great game, and, and it was uh, it was a it, one of the only sort of 
bad. And Houston is a very, um, they are a very stout defensive team. I believe they were second or third in the league in goals and, you know, least amount of goals allowed. Um, they had, I believe, five or six clean sheets heading into this game. So they, you know, Minnesota need to take all their chances um, and they scored on this one. MJ, how did uh, this one break down for Minnesota? I originally thought this was a throw-in, but it was actually a really bad back pass from the sideline. Yeah. They were trying to work it up between their center backs and, and fullbacks and left fullback Franco Escobar, by the way, to recount an old dark cloud cheer, our Franco is better than your Franco. Uh, left fullback Franco Escobar is pressed by DJ Taylor and Dawson takes the next nearest pass away as he presses our tour. And so he tries to pass back to where it came from uh, to Mikael. Franco Fragapane, realizing the press is on, he's pressing Mikael. So Mikael has to slide tackle it just to get away from Fragapane and it goes right to Bongi. Ethan Bartlow tries to contain Bongi. Alberto Carceo tries to backtrack and catch Bongi. And Bongi splits both of them. It, it was it was not, not a pretty goal in the sense of there were five loons passes that were clean and beautiful, but it was a pretty goal in the sense if you saw how the press led to the turnover, all the loons were pressing together, which is almost as pretty as them all passing together. Uh yeah, no, the press was was really great in this one. And then if you if you watch the goal, if you watch the replay. He toe pokes it with his right foot, but he is leaning to his left. He's leaning away from where he, from the foot he uses to poke the ball. It's a pretty, it's a pretty impressive goal from, from Bongi. Um, just his ability to, to get anything on the ball and to put it on frame. Um, that's been, you know, that's been a lot of Minnesota's uh, issues, um, including in these, in this game and in the game against Portland that we'll talk about is, is they, you know, they, they're in good positions, but they're not able to like put enough on the ball. And this is, again, he didn't, this wasn't a banger by any means. He gets just enough on it to sort of misdirect Steve Clark. Um, but it's it's a to watch him sort of falling away from the ball and to get his right foot on it and toe poke it past um, past the defense of Houston and past Clark is pretty impressive. Kids, work on your shoulder feints, shoulder feint left and toe poke right, and you can be Bongi. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Clark was standing on his head for for this game. He denied Frank and Bongi. Uh, you know, about twenty minutes later, thirty minutes later, right before half. Um, there's a, a really great Amaria header that pretty much went straight to Steve Clark. Uh, the second half, not much difference. Right after half, uh, Fragapane again has a a clean, a really clean chance on goal that is denied by Clark's shoulder. As a matter of fact, like he gets, just gets his shoulder on the ball. Um, and at this point, Minnesota decides to sort of settle in. Um, it's a very interesting progression of subs. They make their first sub in the 63rd minute, bringing on um, uh, Joseph Rosales for Will Trap. In the 10 minutes later, in the 73rd minute, uh, Song Benjong comes on for Fragapane. And then seven minutes later, Ariaga comes on for Amaria, which more or less transitions Minnesota back into a 4-5-1 in a more defensive shape to try and see out the game. Uh, Houston had a couple of decent chances after this, but not much. Um, Minnesota's defense, you know, we talked about you know, the past couple of episodes of just how frustratingly uh, fragile it had become um, and how just p- teams were sort of like passing through it this game. And then the game we'll talk about in, in a minute here um, really showed when Minnesota's defense is playing well, how stout and and, and great they can be because they didn't give Houston much of an opportunity to, um, to score and Minnesota, in spite of only scoring one goal had almost two and a half uh, XG. So expected goals. So they were putting the shots on target on frame and, and good shots at that. And, and, you know, 
near the net. They're not taking speculative shots, and they really limited Houston's ability. So, anything else from from this particular game, MJ or Jess? I actually like Sang Ben off the bench, given the formation Heath usually likes to start with, um, and I I like Fragapani at the at the ten. I think we're going to see more of that at least until Reynoso comes back. So, uh, just to note here, um, Bongi was named to, so that this is. Almost all of the MLS teams played this particular Wednesday. This is the game from last Wednesday. Um, so they did a, a whole team of the week as well. And Bongi was named to the team of the week for yeah. this match as well. So um, I think we'll save our Freddie Adus. We'll sort of do a combined Freddie Adu for the two games. But Jess, uh, I think it's post- a, go ahead. I think it's probably a shoe-in for our uh, good but Yeah. Uh, all right, Jess, what's your uh, – your, the Bringing back the post-match hot or not review. <laughs> we haven't had it in a couple of weeks. Hit us, hit us okay. with it for this game. Okay, so there was just one overarching not hotness. Okay, I can't be alone here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Please tweet at me if you also noticed how much rearrangement in the jock area was happening by Houston FC. Now, I watched the broadcast, but it's a really bad look. But the number one offender arranging his junk time and time again was Karaskila. Did I say that right? Karaskila. Yeah, what he said. He had, he might as well have had his hand in his pants at the center of the field. So, which brings me to a question I've never found myself to asking before, but I'm going to ask it now. Are jock straps a thing in football? No. Okay. I mean, I've just, I've never had penis or balls to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just curious because that would make sense then, right? If I think, you're... yeah, I think, so, I mean, I, like when I play, I, and obviously I'm not never anywhere close to professional. I wear like compression shorts, which sort of keeps everything, you know, compressed. compact and compressed. So, and you, I know. Do you I, wear a cup though, as a goalkeeper? I do not wear a cup. No. Um, okay. Wow. I don't, I didn't, I don't even wear a cup when I'm goalkeeping for broom ball and that's, I have other pads on. So yeah, I don't know. I just, so yeah, I think, you know, the compression shorts, things like that, but not like an actual, like, like the typical jock strap that you think of when you think of a jock strap, right. With bare right. ass hanging out, you know, the back. So <laughs> technology has evolved since then. Tell me that. Which, which I think is what these, was which the compression shorts do the exact same thing basically. Right. Okay. Fair, fair. Got it. But you know, um, it's it it's the undercarriage gets uh sweaty, especially if you're running around. So you know how uncomfortable balls must be. Um, yeah, listen, I get I get sweaty just sitting in my chair during the day. So I can't imagine <laughs> like running around on a on a soccer pitch for ninety minutes. Truth, so. truth. This is this is an experience I will never have. Um, so I guess I can have a little bit of grace for jock grabbing, as I do not have one. I also really like Ivan Franco's fro. It's really cute. Um, And also, I just wanted everyone to know that I had, in order to end the Loons losing streak, I had to publicly bet against them in this match. I think I, I think I actually bet on Houston, but obviously it had the desired effect. So you are welcome. There you go. Uh, let's move on then to Saturday. Um, this game, uh, we don't even spend a ton of time in this game because this game was boring no. as hell. Um, Timber zero, Loons one. This game kicked off at 9.30, well, almost 9.40 Central Time. 
uh, and uh, I was at the black card for this one. And, you know, there was a, a decent crowd for a 930 kickoff. I contemplated leaving and going home multiple times during, during this match. After my first chill state, right around halftime, I was like, eh, do I have another one? Or do I just like cut my losses and go home and catch the second half, like on my couch? And I was like, no, yeah. I'll stick it out. So I had a second, a second chill state. I was like, all right, that's, I don't need any more than that. I had a nice, like, you know, 15 minute walk home. So I was like, I was getting ready to leave. And then, you know, then at the, you know, the very end of the game, Boggy, I was really getting and packing everything up and Boggy scored the goddamn goal. So, um, <clears throat> this game, um, again, literally almost nothing in the first half. Both teams weirdly came out and played pretty aggressively. Um, yeah. but Minnesota's, again, the Minnesota defense, uh, was very stout. Um, and Trap and Dotson, um, in particular, were really good again defensively, help holding the, helping out the back line, so that back uh, that back six was very tight, not letting uh, Portland get any damaging chances. Um, I believe this game ended eighteen to nine in favor of uh, in favor of Portland for shots, but Portland just had three shots on target uh, to Minnesota's uh, six shots on target, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, the XG in this one was. I believe like 0.4 to 0.5 or 0.6 uh, favoring Portland. But again, that's, that's a lot of shots and a lot of shots uh, with, but nothing really on target and nothing really that tested Dane too much in terms of saves that he had to make. There was a couple of, of great opportunities that Portland had, especially um, the 66 minute Evander hits a, you know, thunks the crossbar with a shot from outside the box. But again, that was, I mean, if you're, He's going to take shots like that. You just don't want him to take those shots inside the 18. You want him taking those shots outside the box where Dane's got plenty of opportunity to, to see the ball. Um, so anything. I thought we contained we, Evander well. Yeah, we, I think we certainly, yeah, we did. Uh, the Chara brothers did not have, did not do much damage to Minnesota. We were, I know we are, we're always concerned about the Chara Jimmy brothers. Jimmy didn't even start. Um, Diego nah. was up to his old tricks. He was, he was uh, embellishing falling down a lot. He got some, some whistles in his favor, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, not much in this game until the very end, but, um, in the 70th minute, um, Song Bijan comes on again for Amaria. Um, uh, two minutes later, Ariaga comes on for Rosala. So Ariaga, hopefully, cause he'd been injured for a couple games. So him getting some time again, I think is good. Hopefully he's out. Hopefully we see him starting maybe, um, uh, Tuesday. And then, uh, seven minutes after that in the 79th minute, um, Mender Garcia comes on for, for Agapane. And really, I think at this point, Minnesota was, I think we we're all just like, Okay, just hold on. Don't get beat in the last minute. Don't get, don't give up a goal. Um, and again, Minnesota held firm. And with almost literally the last kick of the match, um, Bongi gets his second of the week, uh, his fourth goal in MLS regular season play. He's got six in all competitions uh, this season, which basically triples the number of goals he had last year, which is fucking great. Uh, this one, a great ball, a great pass from Kervin Ariaga. But this play starts well, well before that. MJ, why don't you tell us the sequence of, of uh, things that happen here? I mean, it's late. Everyone's tired. Both teams are pushing for a goal. And it starts with a Kervin Ariaga had a clearance. And Kervin Ariaga at this point is way back in the 18-yard box. And so he's in the middle of the 18-yard box, and he heads it up. Trap gets it, and he sends this deep ball to the left corner that Mender Garcia somehow – with his speed runs and tracks down. And what what's great about this, a very, very underrated Dotson overlap to the left, basically freezing the left back. The left back can't double up on Mender Garcia. So 
Garcia has more time. He finds Kervin now all the way up on the other side of the pitch. And Kervin has the wherewithal to pass to the right, make one extra pass to Bongi, who's wide open. And, and when I'm talking about beautiful passes, and I said last time, you know, it's beautiful when the loons press together. It's even more beautiful when they pass together. Yeah. Well, the, the, the crazy thing about this too is that Garcia, I mean, this early, like it's the 90, you know, 94, 94th minute at this point. Um, when Trap makes that, hits that ball to Garcia, Garcia literally, he could have just taken that ball and kind of gone, tried to go to the corner, kill the clock. But because mm-hmm. of, because of Dotson's run, MJ, to your point, he, the, 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 the left back is sort of like caught flat footed and Garcia is able to sort of like run a little bit at him and then see Kervin making his, his full field run as well, which that, so that, that run by Dotson. So you're right, Garcia him being so fast and taking the ball, notice, noticing that the defense had like sat, sucked, sucked back a little bit. Um, so the, the, not the, the, the quick thinking there to, to get the ball to Kervin and yeah, Kervin to make that, that second pass to Bongi. Um, this is a really good team goal and a really good, smart team goal too. I like how you say smart, because when you think about discipline, discipline usually goes out the window in like the latter part of halves when you're tired, when you're tired, we've seen the loons give up goals because they're not mentally with it or they're not putting out the effort to combat that mental fatigue. When you're tired and it's the 95th minute and you get the ball anywhere near the opponent's goal, the tendency is to take a shot. You're tired. This might be your only chance. You take a shot. And there were three loons attacking players that all chose to basically give up that shot and, and make sure Bongi got the ball. So, so yeah, so Bongi scores. He rips his shirt off uh, as he's wont to do. Uh, celebrates with the team and does and does uh his Robin Lude uh celebration, oh, yes. Robin Lude celebration, the the bow and so the bow and arrow. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It was uh, and he said he mentioned after the game it was it was obviously for Robin Lude who we found out uh pre match uh that he is done for the uh for a while. We did not have any of the particulars at the time, but he had a torn meniscus. Um, we'll talk Ugh. about Robin Lude. We'll talk about talk about Robin Lude in a second here. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, I mean, that's the game literally Minnesota had, they had a couple of good opportunities, um, that the, uh, Eva Sish, the goalkeeper for Portland, uh, was able to save Dane again, didn't really get tested too much. Um, a couple of, of near misses for, for Portland, but again, it's, you know, we've had this happen three times now where, you know, defeat from the jaws of victory or defeat from the jaws of a draw. So it's it's nice to be on the other side of that for one time. Exactly. Now I wish they, I wish they would do it at home, um, at nine thirty at night instead of you know in Portland at eleven forty five. Uh, that'd be great for my, you know, my being able to sleep. Um, but we'll take it. Anything else from the game, MJ? Not from the so, game. Yeah. So uh, this uh, this snapped a, a streak against Portland, right? Yeah. So the Loons had a winless streak in Portland. Uh, two losses, one draw in the previous three games. I believe one of those games was just a preseason Portland tournament in 2022. So I don't know how much that counts. They were not doing as well against Portland as as they had done earlier in their MLS uh, campaign. So it's nice to snap that, you know, two losses, one draw against, and get a win. Get a win at Providence Park on that horrible fucking turf of a pitch. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see them win. Their overall MLS era, Minnesota versus Portland record, is nine wins, two draws, five losses. This includes a significant 2019 U.S. Open Cup semifinal win 
and a 2021 MLS Cup round of 16 three to one loss at Portland. Um, Zeller, do you still take Savarese over Heath in the MLS long tenured coaches challenge? <laughs> uh, every day and twice on Saturdays. So, and I mean that in a sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do too, Jess. I absolutely do too. So uh, one other thing I'll point out, uh, Michael Boxo was named to the team of the week for this match. Um, again, well-deserved. And then Bongi was on the team of the week bench. So two team of the weeks for Bongi this week, um, which is really cool. I believe that might be the first two of his career, if I'm not mistaken. And Boxo with a well-deserved team of the week um, nod as well. All right. Well, let's do our Freddy news then for the week. Um, since we had two games, um, MJ, do you want to start with your, uh, yeah. I don't think, you know, here's the, cool. I, I don't think there was a really, I don't, let's not do a shitty Freddie Deuce. I don't think there was a particularly bad performance from Minnesota. So let's just do, let's just do good Freddie Deuce. Yeah, no, I have no shitty Freddie Deuce and I'm, I'm going to pick the non-obvious one because I believe one of you other two will take the obvious, uh, next Freddie Adu that is a good Adu. And I'm going to say Hassani Dotson. uh, in both games, he played really solid on defense and on offense in particular in that Portland game, he had this backtrack to help Boxel someone not make Boxel and was getting through on that. And he ran back and, and did a nice sliding tackle to get, get the ball out of Dane uh, St. Clair's danger area. And then that overlap run to buy Garcia some more time to help score the goal, two very key moments to help prevent a goal and help score a goal. And just overall, making good runs, making good passes. He's really helped uh, solidify that central midfield for Minnesota in these last two or three games. Yes. Who do you got for your good Freddie Adu? I'm Captain Obvious, and I'm just <laughs> going to take Bongi because, duh, and I'm a member of the posse. So there you go. Um, If you don't know, the Bongi posse is uh, uh, East Coast Dark Clouds made some stickers. Um. If you, uh, I believe his handle is uh, ECDCM, or I'll find it. Anyways, East Coast e Dark Cloud. Yeah, I think it's ECDCM. Yeah, MNUFC or something like that. Anyways, we'll find it before the uh, before the end of the podcast. Um, but he has he he'll send you Bongi Posse stickers. Thank you. He's got a Venmo. Box. Um, he'll send you stickers, and you can stick them all over uh, all over the city. Um, I believe there's some in Germany at this point. Uh, Amsterdam, I believe, has a few now. So they're getting all over the world. Yay! Really cool. uh, all right. So, yes, I obviously, Bongi, I agree. Uh, I'll say just for being a little different, Michael Boxall, um, again, you don't make Team of the Week if you didn't play a particularly good game. And he has been uh, just even uh, even seeing him get forward with some of his, uh, and his runs mm -hmm. is always hilarious to watch a central defender um, gallivant forward. And they always... They don't really run so much as they gallivant, um, which is a, <laughs> uh, a fun way to describe a center back running running forward on on net. So, all right, let's do it again, Jess. Post match, hot or not review? I feel like this one's going to be uh, uh, spicy. Oh well, it always is when it comes to Mister Gio Savarese. He is a spicy meatball. He is the human doppelganger to Mr. Clean and hotter than Mr. Clean is on the bottle. And I enjoy looking at him very much. Um, I also happen to notice in this match 
how much more affectionate and appreciative he seems of his players when they're subbing off. Like he, he does a hug. He does like, there's several fives going around with other coaches. And all I saw Heath do when we set somebody off was do a butt tap, which it just seemed uh, less personal and more me too. Anyway, <laughs> hottest goal of the season was this one for me. Um, Boggy's goal this match, just out of nowhere. And his elation and just his joy was so pronounced and I felt it with him and like he was so happy and happy is sexy all day long and so are goals so um hot damn that's hard to beat I hope we get a sexier goal even before the season's over especially if it's boggies but um if we don't that was that's my pick um, not hot. I'm Maria and how long he was left on the pitch. I, I've always tried to be, I think, neutral when it comes to Amaria. You just shouldn't write checks your butt can't cover, right? That's like something you should learn as a child. Um, and now it's just kind of sad. Like, we all remember his promises and we all remember how broken they are. And I just think, you know, it's a lot more fun seeing Sangbin. He is so excited and he runs so fast. And um, I especially like seeing him come on for Amaria um, in this game. I, I'll, leave, I'll try to have an open mind for future matches, but in this match, it, it couldn't have come sooner. And that's all she wrote. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. By special request, MJ wanted me to make an assessment of, is it Darren Espria? Darren Aspria. Okay. He's 27, Portland Timbers. And I love his new hair. He's got a braided pony kind of going on. And um, I especially like it a lot better than his frosted tips, which was a, a reoccurring look um, in his repertoire. And, um, but I also wondered like, whenever I get my hair super cut short, or I get extensions, right? It's like a lot of weight extensions. And I just wonder if his new look has affected his aerodynamism, you know? <laughs> Interesting. Well, we'll have to investigate that yeah, that theory, um, hopefully. Um, Inquiring minds want to know. Tweet me. Yeah. Uh, so if you want Bungie Posse stickers, uh, ECDCMNUFC is, is uh, the Twitter handle for East Coast Dark Clouds. I hit him up. Um, throw him a DM and he can tell you what you need to do to, to get those. Um, okay. So two goals, uh, this week, which is not great. Uh, but six points is awesome. Um, I'm calling this a maximum points, medium fun kind of week. Uh, yes. cause again, I didn't have a ton of fun watching either of those two games just because of how, uh, frustrating they were, um, with our, you know, our inability to, 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 complete chances against Houston. We had so many chances. And then just, uh, again, I, you know, wins a win, right. With three points is three points. We'll take it. But man, that was a, just a really terrible, Long. I mean, just a very boring Portland game to watch. And those two teams, Portland, Minnesota typically have lots of goals in the games. So it was definitely, I will say from a chippiness, like foul and diving standpoint, it was not boring. Like Portland yeah. was up to the old tricks and, Jen Bulger told me 
a really good point. And like, we didn't really fall for that. We we got some yellow cards. I think Boxy got a yellow card. There's several times where where we wanted to try to match physicality with physicality, but in the end, we didn't succumb to that sort of Portland physicality, just trying to mess us up. Yeah, and then you raised the question, MJ, um, is the better trap back? Listen, we've all seen for most of this season some really questionable early yellow cards, like first half yellow cards, which means you then have to play a majority of the game, kind of like walking on eggshells. You cannot be as defensively aggressive. We have seen him give horrible turnaway passes in dangerous areas for the other team to get on an attack, often resulting in goals for our opponents against Portland. It, it was like the old trap or the younger trap. What, what, what do you want to say? The trap looked like he was passing well. He was passing accurately. He was trying to do good things. He he was involved in the, in the last goal. Defensively, he looked more sound. He wasn't getting stupid yellow cards. Is, is this a one-off? Is this, I've just played Portland a bunch in this league and I know how they work? Or is is this a sign of, of better traps in the future? Possibly. We'll see. He did get a yellow card early on in the Houston game on Wednesday. He got a card in the 30th. He minute, did. So. <laughs> I mean, he really did. So. I'm not sure he's completely back yet. Let's put it that way. So uh, hopefully he keeps playing better because um, when he plays well, uh, the, the team typically does better, obviously. So, uh, all right. So uh, in other news, um, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Reynoso was reinstated on Wednesday uh, by MLS, which means he can now uh, train with the team, work with the team. Um, sounds like he is doing sort of two a days to try and get his endurance and everything back up to speed. He has not practiced or played with the team. Uh, it sounds like he met with the team uh, and, you know, sort of told them what was going on. He it sounds like he apologized, um, did everything, you know, that said with the words that he needs to say, obviously, you know, um, the actions are, I think, probably more important in something like this, but you definitely need to um, need to apologize and, and tell your teammates, you know, give as much information as you're comfortable with your teammates so that they can understand and appreciate, you know, maybe not appreciate, but understand why he chose the two to do the things that he did. It's very important, obviously teamwork and, and, you know, trusting, being able to trust your teammates is very important. So, so he did that uh, Wednesday and then uh, on Friday, the team, uh, you know, he, they released a video uh, from Reynoso about what, about two and a half minutes um, where he uh, said, you know, said those things, same things that he apologized to his teammates. Uh, he talked very uh, briefly and without much detail um, about sort of why he um, did not come to Minnesota back in January. I think a lot of people were reading between the lines. Um, there's, you know, lots of talk about whether this is mental health related. He never did not, obviously didn't specifically say that. Um, and you don't want to speculate on someone's mental health, obviously. So, but then there's, but then there's speculation about maybe that he was just that maybe that's part of it, but part of those, you know, he is, he wasn't sure about what what was going to happen with his trial, which is again, is still not decided yet. So there's lots of things obviously has going on. We don't, we don't does you know we don't need to know any of those things as as fans. Um, it's really and it's honestly it's up to him with what he shares yeah. with with people. But I think this this video I think was really good. It, it showed it wasn't it wasn't like super polished. Um, it, you know at some points it sort of cuts to his hands and he's kind of fidgeting. You know like just obviously like this is something that's still like weighing on him. Um, again I, I this is I think is as much as we're going to get from from the team and from him unless you know he decides in in the future to to you know share more 
but again, I, I, I also don't think that we need to know every single detail about what happened. Um, but again, you know, it, it just when, when we, you don't hear anything that leads to the spec, the, you know, sometimes I say reckless speculation about why um, you're, you know, you're not with the team. So speaking of reckless speculation, I'm not even going to talk to you about MJ and on and the Reynoso video. It's that reckless. Good. It's that reckless. It's that horrible. I don't know if our listenership knows this, but I am also coming off of a um, unexpected leave of absence from my job, my real job. Um, and I, so I watched the video of Reynoso and I kind of felt like it was overkill even. Um, I mean, I, I like the idea of the video that shows he's back. Uh, you know, I can understand some folks might um, be angry, but as somebody who is also coming off a leave and coming back to my teammates um, right now, I really, I wouldn't expect any more detail and I don't, I don't really want, or personally me as a fan, I don't need any more detail than, than what had already been given, but the situation is pretty close to home right now. So I don't know. I might've felt differently if it weren't, if I weren't going through some of the same thing. There's always this, when you're a big fan of a team, you want to know everything about the team. There's nothing wrong with that as fans wanting to know more. You also have to realize players are human, coaches are human, and they have parts of their life that would they would rather leave private. And we have to fight against this cultural expectation of instant gratification, you know, celebrity news. We we know exactly who's cheating with whom and who's having kids with whom and who's dating whom or whatever. I mean, you all know that Entertainment Tonight and Extra are two of my favorite television shows. <laughs> and so just fighting against that celebrity obsessive subculture, even when it comes to your favorite sports team. Yep. So he's back. I mean, I he won't be, I'm sure he won't see match time until probably at the earliest mid-June, um, just because he needs to get back into training. He won't actually practice with his teammates until they come back from Houston um, on Wednesday or probably Thursday, actually, honestly, I'm guessing the, the probably the, the players that start and play tomorrow uh, or today, if you're listening to this podcast are going to get Wednesday off. So he won't play with the bulk of his teammates until probably Thursday uh, at practice. So, um, all right. And now to a very uh, uplifting and heartwarming story, MJ, uh, take it away. This comes from Jacob Snyder from Soda Soccer. Uh, he and I did post loons together after the Portland match. Thanks, Jacob Snyder, for always getting scoops like this. I'm calling this uh, Call Your Mama. And uh, apparently, Bongi called his mom before the Philadelphia U.S. Open Cup game, where he scored a goal. He did not call before the Sporting Kansas City goal game, where no loons scored a goal. And he did call before Houston and Portland. So I don't think this is too MJ Anon to say that we have four data points here that show a trend that when he calls his mom before the game, he scores a fucking goal. <laughs> um, there's a, a fabulous quote that uh, Jacob Snyder got was, Bongi said, I was talking to my mom today and said, today we play and hopefully we can score because it's been a while. This was before Philadelphia and he was on a six game goalless streak. And his mom says, quote, that's your job. 
you have to score so people in Minnesota who give us their love, we can show our appreciation for them by scoring goals. I I just think that's a beautiful story. It is, yes. And I hope he calls his mom before every match going forward. So, okay, let's move on to uh, the Minnesota UFC 2. They did not have a match this week. They had a bye. Uh, but they have two matches coming up uh, this upcoming week. Uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. out at the Nessie against LA Galaxy 2. And then on Sunday at 5 p.m. against Crapids 2. Again, also at the National Sports Center. So get out. And cheer on the the twosies. Uh, other United news: Robin Lud, as we mentioned, he has a meniscus tear. He had surgery today uh, to repair it, um, and apparently he'll be out four to six months. Uh, Adrian Heath did not rule him out for coming back for for the season was over. Um, that's a that's a long timeline. That's I thought it would be closer to two or three months, but it sounds like they are not just they're not just taking it out. They are actually trying to repair it. Um, which probably is the longer timeline. So the question I have for the listeners of this fabulous podcast is, is Robin Lude's season finished? All right. I'm just going to mute you. <laughs> uh, all right. And then finally, some other injury news, MJ. Uh, this is this is from Greeter. Andy Greeter reported today that uh, Tapias and Rosales both suffered minor knee knocks versus uh, the Portland Timbers. They will most likely rest versus Houston also, in that same tidbit, Heath would not say whether Clint Irwin and Coleman would start. But we yeah. know that Tapias and Rosales are coming off injuries. Um, I'll just say that Rosales has been a very bright spot. Um, we're playing him in a lot of different positions, and he seems to be doing well. Yeah. So I'm Definitely. sad to hear that he, he's got a minor knee, knee injury. Yeah, he went 120 minutes against Philly in the Open Cup, so he was presumably – going to get an open cup run but if he uh if he has a, a, a minor injury no sense wasting him on that so yeah so more than likely we'll see Coleman um as the left back uh with and Clint Irwin in goal but who the hell knows who the hell knows so all right do we have a one saloon MJ we do not have one saloon except uh foreshadowing when we talk about Houston <laughs> for the second time this week all right sounds good all right, well, let's take a quick break. When they come back, uh, Minneapolis City had a host of games. Uh, Aurora starting up, and we have two matches to preview. So we will be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back um, with stock Minneapolis City and USL2. Uh, Minneapolis City played on Saturday night, um, played a, a very entertaining game. Uh, did not go the way they wanted to. Uh, Minneapolis City loses three uh, to uh, RKC, uh, third coast, five. That's the Kenosha uh, team in USL2. Uh, MJ, yes, yes, the Kenoshans. Um, MJ, what's... Uh, and you want to mention about this game? We were both there. You you showed up a little bit later, but um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, Jen and I were art art whirling, and there was just this great live band uh, called local band called Valet that I hadn't seen live in a long time. So it was fun to see them live. And of course, they were supposed to go on five, and their set was supposed to be done by six, but they went on at five forty. Uh, they were <laughs> running on MJ time, so to speak, and and so we were a little late getting to the game. Uh, and apparently I missed some stuff uh, in early on in the game, Racine Kenosha County scores two quick goals, third minute by v Victor Vondreska and 
in the eighth minute by Nicholas Senek. It it's unfortunate that Eli Goldman gets a a hat trick and three goals should be enough to win a game in USL League Two and in just about any soccer game. Three goals should be enough to get a game, but the defense was not there and yeah there were times that it looked like the tactics that RKC was employing were really giving a hard time the the crows were struggling with how to combat how they were basically getting overloaded always sending in extra runners uh and having to deal defensively with the tactics of of Racine Kenosha so um good on for Racine Kenosha uh it looks like they'll be a formidable opponent in USL League Two. Uh, bummer, as Minneapolis City are now no wins in any competition. Uh, the uh, two of the Goldman goals were ridiculous shots from very tight angles, um, which was pretty impressive for him. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, three goals should be enough, and a hat trick should definitely, you know, it's not very often you score a hat trick and you are on the losing side. Um, Killing Mbappe cough World Cup <laughs> final cough. So uh yeah, so their yeah. Uh, next match uh is coming up on Saturday uh in Rochester, correct, MJ? For correct. The, the, they are, they are going to Rochester. If if you are not attending uh Allianz Field on Saturday, you should get on uh contact the citizens at MPLS citizens on Twitter. And figure out how to carpool down Rochester. It will be a fun time. Um, the uh, the futures um, played a game as well last week, right? Yeah. Before we get to the futures, I just want to say uh, also, if you're coming to Minneapolis City Games and you're not social energy out, come to Palmer's afterwards. I really like that they're choosing a nearby walkable, bikeable, friendly location to to do post game. Mm. And they had some punk rock going out on the patio, and Carl Craig told me after the game like i've never been in this before it's like well i was like you, you you probably love the music there's some great local music and they got punk rock going on the patio right, right now and he said a few years back i would have been out there um, <laughs> and so <laughs> which we all know he loves his punk rock so yeah uh, uh but yeah come to palmer's post game after after win or lose it's a good time uh sarah schreier dan hudeman from the front office were there uh Matt, Matt, Van Metzkoten was there, and it, as well as at least three, if not all four, coaches. Yeah, come out. It's a fun time. Hang with the the citizens. Uh, the Futures also did have their second home game on Wednesday, May 17th. I did not go because I was at Allianz, but the good news is the Futures beat Twin City FC 2-1. to one. Second half goals. They gave up a first half penalty kick, but then the they scored with Carter Hermanson scoring from Tyler Beaupre. And then Karen FC, Camel 2, continuing his goal and assist uh, streak. He gets a goal from um, Michael Doshan, and that ends up being the winning goal. Really nice to see Camel 2 um, scoring and just uh, being awesome. Uh, St. Paul, uh, Augsburg University student, grew up in, born and grew up in St. Paul. And uh, is a member of the Corin FC. Uh, all right, so let's jump to Aurora. Uh, they have their home opener this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. versus uh, new team Rochester FC. Uh, it's over at TCO Stadium in Egan. There might be a spot or two on the bus from the Blackheart out there yet, but I'm not 100% sure if that's sold out. Um, so definitely, you know, if you can't make the bus, but you can get out to Egan. 
I think there's still a few uh, tickets available as well. Um, again, I'm not 100% sure they haven't announced a complete sellout yet, but um, you know, this is going to be a really fun team. Uh, they're trying to defend their their Heartland Division title and and get back to the final and win it win it this time. So, so yeah, they kick off on Wednesday 7 p.m. and then Saturday they play in Chicago um, for their first away match as well. And the USLW season has already started. Weirdly enough, um, the other division, some of the other divisions have been playing for two weeks already. So it is USLW because it's a uh, amateur competition. It's a little little funkier than the other most other leagues. And a lot of college players, right? Not every team yeah. is composed of, you know, 75 to 90% college players, but a lot of college players. And so it's always funky with when that season ends, you know, when, when you get your finals done, all that. Right. Um, but yeah, for the Heartland division update, uh, Bavarian United beats RKC third coast, their, their women's side in the first USLW Milwaukee Derby, uh, Bavarian United scoring four to nothing against RKC. Rochester FC, Aurora's next opponent, lose their home opener against the aforementioned Bavarian United, zero to one. And the Chicago Dutch Lions win at home in their home opener, two to one against RKC Third Coast. Uh, No games by Green Bay Glory yet. No games by Aurora yet, so we will see those upcoming this week. Cool, yeah. Come say hi to us out. I mean, MJ will be up in the in the box, but I'll be in the Revanchulet section. So uh, come say hey if you're if you're coming to matches. So section one twenty one. If you want to hang out with Revanchulet, yep. I want to point out that I went to Aurora training this morning and I talked with new center back Kennedy Faulkner, who played at Canberra United in Australia. So I asked her some questions about Australia. And how they coach versus how they coach here in the U.S. Check it out once I get my article out. Did you ask if a dingo ate her baby? I did not ask. If dingo <laughs> ate. I also missed a, a very good opportunity to not only ask that question, but did you try Vegemite and do you like it? Um, um, missed opportunities as usual. Next time, yeah. Um, next time you ask, you talk to her, you have to ask her. She comes from the land down under. So just you can try to work Toto lyrics um, into your into your questions yeah. with her for her for the rest of the season. That'd be awesome, MJ. So yeah, yeah. I'll try to I'll try to I'll pull some out and I'll send them to you so you can so you don't have to do the work on it. You just gotta L- listen. I don't think any- the rains down in Africa. Yeah, just to that point, I don't think any of the Aurora players have have played in the rain in Africa. But you know, also <laughs> a great Toto lyric to My, consider. I guess. I would wager that none of them know what Toto is, uh, you know, the dog or uh, the, the band. <laughs> they might know it because of Weezer, but that'd be the only reason because of that covers album. But that would be the only reason that anybody knows who Toto is. So, but we'll, I'll get you some, I'll get you a list of questions, MJ. And if you have any, uh, any questions that MJ should send, make sure you tweet at him uh, at MJ Matsui. Um, any yeah, I, I also didn't country. ask any, you know, legend of Steve Irwin questions. So, you know, it, you know, whether it's about Kenny Faulkner in Australia or whether it's about. You should uh, ask her if she knows who Crocodile Dundee is. Yeah. Next time. Uh, w- whether it's about uh, Benke and, and her time playing in Iceland, you know, send me questions. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Let's jump in to the Open Cup. That's uh, today. If you're listening to this podcast, Tuesday um, against Houston down in Houston uh, at 730. So, you know, we're. 
less than six days uh, since previously playing these guys. We're going to play them again. We've played Houston a lot, especially in the Open Cup. So um, anything we want to say about Houston, other than I'll say that um, Hector Herrera uh, and their leading scorey, scorer, Armini Bossi, should be back. I'm not sure if they'll start for the Open Cup, but they certainly did not play against Minnesota because of red card suspensions. But our uh, our good friend Chase Gasper got a red card in the last uh, Houston Open Cup match, um, literally a straight red in like the thirds in like the thirtieth minute or whatever. So he will not be playing against Minnesota United uh, this upcoming Wednesday or Tuesday. Sorry. Yeah, once a loon, Chase Gasper would have loved to see him on the pitch, but uh, due to red card suspension, will not be playing in Houston this Wednesday. Has he been getting a lot of minutes from Houston? I would not say a lot, but he's been getting no, minutes. Not not a ton. Yeah, he did. I mean, the Open Cup was where he was getting a run out, and like I said, he managed to get a straight red card um, in his last against Kansas City. Um, and they and Houston still managed to beat Kansas City. So go figure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, not much to say about uh, this match, um, other than you know. It's. I don't even know if it's where it's going to be on. Probably on Bleacher Report, um, yeah. maybe on YouTube. Yes. So it will be on at the Blackheart. That is uh, for sure, and that is more than likely where I will be uh, tomorrow night to watch this match. We have a pre-K enrollment thing for Ragnar, um, but that should be done by six thirty. So more than likely, I'll be at the uh, Blackheart to watch the the match tomorrow night likely join you uh mj is there anything else on houston that you want to no having ecarera and just how dominant he can be in the midfield and their leading scorer bossy back those are those will change things also we are playing in houston so it is not a home game i'm not saying the loons lose but it's going to be much tougher than that one zero win at home that yes could have been three one our direction yeah i mean that's yeah that is the other thing too to consider is that really we should have probably had three or four goals in that game. And, and, you know, Minnesota will play. I mean, it's very possible we could actually see the 3-5-2 again in this particular match, uh, just because it is an away match um, with the potential. Will, with the, will he put Mender and Sangbin up top, though? That's the question. I, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if it's Amaria and Sangbin up top. Yeah. Because that is that is how Amaria should, Amaria should always play with a second striker. I don't know why Keith keeps trying to jam him into this 4 2 Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But he's not... So, but so yeah, so I'm sure we'll see Songbin. Probably, I'm guessing Songbin will probably start, um, whether that's in as a 10 um, or as that striker, possibly. Um, say Clint Irwin, we mentioned uh, Brian, uh, Brent Coleman will probably also get a start as well. So it'll be an interesting, um, an interesting lineup for Minnesota. So we'll see how that goes uh, this evening. Uh, all right. What, uh, what do we predict for, for this match? Is Minnesota advanced to the uh, quarterfinals of the Open Cup? Remember when I said I'm not saying Houston wins yet? Uh, I predict Houston wins two to one in possibly a game that goes to extra time. That is the last thing that Minnesota needs right now is a, is extra time. Yeah. God, this right, one's Jess. hard. It's like, okay, so who did Houston play right before they played us when uh, they got the two red cards? That was um, that was Salt Lake. Oh, was it? Yeah. Or no, that was Seattle. The Seattle Sounders. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah. I watched that whole match, Seattle and Houston, and I felt like Houston was, um, considering they were down two men at one point, 
pretty fucking fierce. And so that's why I predicted the loons would lose against them in our MLS. But now I'm really, really torn because I could see Houston playing like that or playing like they did last week. And I'm not, I don't know which Houston's going to show up, but I feel like I have to bet against us or we won't mm-hmm. have a chance. So I'm going to say Houston 3-1. 3 to 1. All right. I have Minnesota winning on penalties, so let's go. You guys are cowards. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it out loud. You guys are cowards. Um, I'm sticking That's... with a plan that has proven effective. <laughs> One time. <laughs> I bet okay. against us on Portland too. Ah, fair enough. Uh, all right. Then we have on Saturday RSL uh, comes to town, uh, 7:30 at Allianz Field. MJ, is there anybody from? Uh, RSL you want to point out or highlight? Not yet. Okay. Well, I'll start then. Um, so they have so they have one really, like a really, really good attacker in Diego Luna, but he is with the U.S. Uh, baby Nationals, the U-20 at the U-20 World Cup down in Argentina. So we have our old So they're friend, without Diego Luna. They're out. Well, obviously without, he's uh, going to be missing his next uh, Hollywood acting job as well. Yes. So... Uh, familiar faces that you'll know from RSL. Rubio Rubin um, is on is on RSL, which I did not realize until watching the highlights of their game against Colorado from last week. Uh, Demir Krylock is uh, out there scoring goals as well. Um, not sure how he's still in the league. That dude is uh, 34 years old. Um, uh, Masovsky, uh, also a really good uh, attacker for RSL. See, Krylock is, a, is, a, is an attacker, attacking player as well. Uh, and then... Um, another name that a lot of people might be familiar with in MLS is, is the, the mathlete Zach math is the goalkeeper for RSL as well. So they're a, an interesting team. They've been, you know, they've been as high as I believe four or fourth or fifth in, in the Western conference. They're now currently sitting in 11th place, but again, they're on 15 points, uh, which is literally only three points behind where Minnesota, Minnesota and San Jose are tied for fifth place right now, and and literally RSL's three points behind Minnesota. So um, it's a very tight race for those you know last four, five or six playoff spots. Um, so they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but Minnesota's currently ahead of them in the table right now. Cool. <laughs> Is there anything else about RSL uh, that we want to that we want to talk about? Who was the their really good DP they had to let go? Oh. The uh 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 Danny Husen went to Seattle. No, they had a they, they had an attacking player that uh, I can't remember. Damn it, I don't know. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, like ever since he left, I don't feel like they've been as potent, you know, attacking with the ball. That this should be a win. Yeah, they've only scored thirteen goals. They've conceded twenty two. Um, so they have a negative nine goal differential. Uh, there should be uh, plenty of opportunities for Minnesota. The their right back, uh, Bodie Davis, is a 21 year old um, U.S. Youth International player. Um, you know, I, he's a plays right back. I can see, um, I can just envision Fragapane, um, Bongi, and Song Binjan just eyeing that dude up and wanting to attack um, attack his side of the pitch. So. Um, yeah, so they play typically a 4-4-2, as I mentioned, uh, with Krylak and Basovsky up top. Um, like I said, Rubio Rubin, a uh, really good MOS player. This game should be wide open. Uh, Minnesota, I think, will get a ton of chances. I certainly think that 
you know, RSL could get a bunch of chances too. Um, so Minnesota needs to play really well defensively to hold uh, hold RSL to keep them from sort of like, you know, um, making runs into the box. Just like they did. I mean, they play if they defensively play like they did against Portland and offensively play like they did against Houston, that'd be a, a really good game for Minnesota. So totally agree. Uh, Albert Rustak was the oh, player Rustak, that I was thinking yes. of. He's in Seattle now. But, okay. yeah, he left after 2021. Uh, he really made Salt Lake scary on offense. Listen, uh, I yeah, I'll just echo what David said. We, we got to play strong defense, strong offense. Let's combine the last two games. Let's get a win yep. at home. We're not going right. to be up in the fucking Rocky Mountains, so there's no fucking <laughs> excuse. MJ, what the do you think? The only thing that's going to be high at this game is Zeller and Jess, and that's the way it should be. I think there'll be a few other people that'll be high at this game. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> um, all right. What's the, what do you predict, MJ? You predict Minnesota win then? Yeah. Uh, we'll say uh, Loons win 2 nothing. Uh, I got the Loons winning 3-1 to one on this game. I think we finally convert some of our chances. And uh, Jess, what do you got? Say Loons. Now you're not a coward. Okay, I see. I see how it is. No, see, I have <laughs> to. I, I, I'm shaking loose. All right. Uh, cool. All right. Anything else that I missed, guys? Cool. No. Let's 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 end this fucker. <laughs> let's end this thing. Uh, all right. Yeah. You can always please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Um, Dave's I know. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Dave's I know. Um, at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is at <laughs> Jessica. One four four zero eight three. Niner. Niner. Two. Uh, we have been the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. Good to know you. We have got to try and work it out. Cause we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.